Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed. And we are recording here for a special March Madness edition because our team is still winning. So we're here to talk a little bit about that before tomorrow's game. Uh, yeah, Zed, take me through. What was your experience yesterday? Yo, uh, I'm so shocked and in the best way possible because somehow we went from a first four to an elite eight and it's kind of wild. I, I, I wasn't expecting this at all from how we slid into the tournament to where we are now. It's like a, it's a minor miracle. It really is. Yeah, I mean, everything from here is a bonus, but I, it doesn't seem the team thinks that way, which is crazy given what they've dealt with this season. And some games they just botched, you know. So <clears throat> this is the best time, if there's any time, to go on a run. Um, it's, it's, it's been refreshing. I, I think it feels like, you know, the, the, the flowers are, are blooming. Things are all right with the world. When I see UCLA <laughs> just winning... <laughs> we're getting vaccinated and we're winning. Like, I, what else? All is good in the world, minus the Suez Canal. But you know, we'll. It's fixed now, so we we're even do. good there. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I. I I think the the team mentality is and the the toughness has just been incredible to watch and incredible to watch all these guys kind of almost feels like overnight become this like cohesive unit they're just tough as nails and that it, it, it is paying off now and and this is a testament to to coach Cronin's coaching and culture that he's installed in this program you know before when we were getting into sweet 16s under previous coaches um it was like it, we would kind of sleepwalk into them based on just having superior talent most of the time. And, you know, those teams were soft. And so whenever they faced any sense of adversity, like, they would just fold. And in the tournament, you have to be able to, to take the punches and, and keep rolling with them. And this team is almost the complete opposite of that, is we're, we're under-talented in many ways, but we make up for that when in grit and toughness and these guys seem to care. I think every single interview that I've watched since yesterday with the players and with the coach, not a single one of them has been like, yeah, you know, we're just, we're happy to be in the elite eight We're This is awesome. Every single one of them have, have echoed a similar sentiment and in saying, you know, we're, this is great. We're really happy we won. There's a clear sense of joy, obviously, but also they follow that up with, but but we still have more work to do. We still have more games to win and play. And, you know, I, it just shows that they're, they're, they're not, they're hungry and they're happy. And I think part of that has to do with, um, you know, the, the media and the national kind of conversation around UCLA has just been, uh, and and West Coast basketball and, and largely also has has just been kind of denigrating them and and you know really undervaluing and not giving them the props that they deserve and I think Coach Cronin is a master of feeding that to these guys and feeding it and using that as fuel to to propel the team um, and it's been fucking awesome to watch. 
Yeah, I I agree. I mean, if we look at it, just historical fun fact is that VCU was the last team to go this far, and um, yeah, they went to the Final Four with Shaka Smart back in 2011, and they beat a number one Kansas on the way there, which was a huge upset and pretty much launched Shaka Smart's career um, to another stratosphere. But you know, with that said, that that it just reminds us that this is not necessarily unprecedented, and this team that we see, we we you know, there's this kind of uh, this. No, I don't want to say PTSD, but just this lingering thought of like, is this for real? Like, is this the momentum we're going to carry? And it actually does feel like that after Alabama. Like our team is tough, and they've had drives where they were you know or they've had runs where and then they've gone down and the other teams had a runs and they were able to punch back and I think that is probably the most telling thing in terms of everybody still underestimating because last night was the game of the tournament so far um everybody said it you know the analysts did no matter where they sat and you know it had a little bit of dramatic flair you know given Alabama kept fighting and they came back but they should have never been in that position and the main reason why was because our team was gritty and tough i mean clark had 9 rebounds as a 65 guard against those tall guys like and you could just tell the difference it wasn't even the rebounds it was the tips like he would tip it and then another player would get it like those type of moments that makes a difference and I like our chances against anyone in this tournament as long as we're playing at this level and we're playing with this grit and we're hustling and we have intangibles. Again, the shots have to fall, and last night they fell. They fell for Jules. They fell for Singleton. They fell for Hami, like, at the right time, right? And we still need that to sustain um, sustain this type of, you know, run, but... This team is just seems like they're in a good place. I think it's I, I don't know if it's because they're in, in the bubble, you know, and 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 maybe this is and hopefully we'll see, you know, uh, a version of the Miami Heat, a team that was clearly like, uh, you know, the college basketball of the Miami Heat, where they're just focused and locked in in the bubble and they just outperform any expectations as a fifth seed. And our team, you know, I think it's equivalent to that as 11 seed. Maybe even, I mean, even though we all know we're underseated, but we know the reasons for that. But it it it's just it's just made so much for like the moniker of March Madness. I'm glad UCLA is back on the forefront of that. Um, I'm happy for Cronin getting in his first tourney run in Elite Eight. I love the adjustments he made. I, I think back to before the Michigan State game where I was, you know, reading that he's he's making adjustments and he's he's really looked at the four game law, lose streak and he was like, what do I need to do? And we have absolutely seen a difference in the impact that those changes have made. Um, I think next game against Michigan, uh, as you know, as I just move on without asking Zed, but I would <laughs> like to see. Mac a little bit in there. I know he'll get in foul trouble, but I do think we need his size. Um, I see if we can get him in and and just get him get him because to draw fouls against the big man. I think him and Nuwaba need to play decoy um, to get those you know those tall centers because they are gonna kill us in the inside scoring. Um, and so if if we can somehow you know limit that, I think we have a good chance against this very talented Michigan team, but also they're losing their commander on the floor, you know, commander of court and Isaiah Livers. So um, 
yeah, there's that's just one thing. I, no, other than that, I'm just I'm super excited for tomorrow. Yeah, it's um, it'll. It feels like again, you know, every game we've played so far this tournament is we almost sort of up the stakes in many ways. As hey, we're we're going up against a, a team that is that is supposed to be better than us, and except for maybe Abilene, but you know, it, it's felt like an uphill battle. And you know, I again, me being the eternal pessimist, I have not given them a chance. But I think it, at this point, we can't. And I think it would be stupid for anybody to count them out. And and the media is already doing it, but like there's there's no reason to at this point. Look, Alabama objectively, from a talent standpoint, and from you know win perspective and what they they did this season was it was a better team than us for most of the season, but and they're very they were very talented, well coached. But we we were able to win because we were able to kind of go get through adversity and play with more heart than than they were able to down the stretch and that 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 counts for something and I think we we go in that with that same mentality against Michigan. Yes, we're going to be undersized against them and you know Juwan Howard is is in a revelation at coach for them and they run an incredibly incredibly efficient offense, but. You know, I, I still think we have a puncher's chance against them. I mean, we didn't match up well against Alabama. People were calling Alabama the fifth one seed, and we still were able to... You know, we, we had opportunities in that game to really open up a huge lead on them. And we just, obviously, Bama was too good of a team to be to, to allow us to fully take advantage of that, but we have the capability to beat anybody right now, and... Whether we do or not, it we'll see if we the the gas runs out of the tank at some point. But I I just I don't think anybody should be sitting there and saying that we have no chance or be down on them or you know say Michigan is going to blow us out because I, I, actually you know what? I I want the media to keep that narrative up though because that's what they feed off of and that's what they've been kind of harping on now every game is hey. You guys say whatever you want, but we're going to come in there and play harder than you and try to kick your ass and beat you up. Um, and I don't give a crap about what they say about the Big Ten being the toughest conference, whatever. I think that's all bullshit, and it's been disproven now at this point. So, uh, look, I don't know if we're going to win tomorrow night, but I think we have a chance to. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I have seen um, a few pundits cautiously you know move the goal line for themselves and just say that just admit that they don't know like you know they're like i'm reseeding i think the guy yeah myron medcalf at espn he did the reseeding and it, it looked a little bit more accurate outside of the usc being number four right um which is is, is fair they're playing outstanding but you know we're never gonna admit that um but <laughs> yeah it was interesting to see him be like you know what i I, I just I just don't know, you know, <laughs> with Michigan, like I'm not I'm not betting on these games, and uh, and I think that speaks to it. It's it's a tough premise. I think you know it's a tough job for analysts in any March Madness, but I think there there just needs to be an understanding that 
the Pac-12 didn't have a fair shake this year in terms of assessment, and that had to do with a lot of things because of the restrictions on on um you know covid restrictions that the states had and and everything all the obstacles that a lot of you know west coast schools had to deal with and a lot of cancellations that teams had to deal with and the time you know the disadvantage so with all that said like um i i don't know if we need to send two teams or or and i say two because hopefully the other team is Oregon State to the to the Pac-12 i mean to the final four to get some respect but i i I'm feeling a shift and I think it was I think it's been under or overstated the demise of Pac-12 basketball given last year I believe six to seven teams were were going to make the tourney um and the year before yeah there was there was an egg laid in terms of um in terms of the performance because a lot of teams when it were out all I think all the teams were out by a round of 32 but that necessarily hasn't been the case Oregon has made deep runs um, before that, and um, UCLA. I mean, granted, we made you know Sweet Sixteens with Alfred, but Pac-12 basketball is not Pac-12 football in the sense of postseason performance or bowl. So uh, it, it is very clear that we have some some players who can fight and in these matches, and they're they're going to be able to to hoop with anyone in the country. I I think it, you know, it is clear of that, and I, I'm hoping you know UCLA stays in the forefront because obviously. Once again, it feels nice to walk around and and see that you know people are respecting respecting our brand and our school, and it's good to see this happen under Jarman because he deserves it uh, for all the work he's been putting. Everybody yeah. does, and it's it's nice that our brand as a basketball program actually has an identity now. I think that when you read about UCLA basketball in the context of the tournament right now, but I think this is indicative of what it will become in the future under Cronin and what it has been becoming under Cronin is that, is that toughness, is that kind of willingness to play as hard as possible for 40 minutes um, and just kind of putting it all out there every game. Um, we're seeing that develop right now in this tournament and we're seeing that brand identity forming and people recognizing that. And it's, it's nice to have that, you know, under, uh, Alfred, we didn't have that. And we kind of really did become known as this program with a lot of talent, but it was, it was soft, frankly, like we were not tough mentally and we would fold like we talked about already, uh, we had that under Howland for a little while, but he kind of lost his way. And then obviously before that, you know, Steve Lavin, again, there was no brand identity there for the program. It was, again, a lot of just softness and a lot of, you know, squandering of talent. And Cronin has come in and installed this culture of being tough and gritty. And, you know, he's maximizing talent right now and maximizing players. And I think people are noticing that finally and this is this tournament run has been eye-opening for a lot of the national media and a lot of other college basketball fans and people who knew about Mick Cronin you know Cincinnati fans and there's some you know some people who have followed his career in the in the national media none of these people are surprised by this that how they're playing and and what he's doing with the the team right now with this program everyone who knew him seems to be pretty um, 
un, unfazed by this and they sort of saw this coming, especially at a place like UCLA where he will be able to land, you know, very high level talent and just being able to combine that with this, this culture and this work ethic, I think will pay off. And it's already paying off in a season where we sort of, we would have been happy with, frankly, a tournament appearance and winning a couple of games, let alone now fighting our way into an Elite Eight with a puncher's chance of getting to a Final Four somehow um, in a pandemic year, might I add. So it's been it's been sh- nothing but incredible. Um, but looking at... Um, Michigan, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on this game? I mean, outside of what I said, I think we just got to hope that they don't score and they have an off game and just limit the inside scoring. Um, the guys on the outside are going to get their buckets. They have such great vision. Um, and, you know, I think the thing that helped us with Alabama is, is their half-court offense when we slowed it down. They, they struggled because that wasn't their game, where the opposite here is with Michigan is that they thrive in the half court. So it's going to be a tough one. Um, but, again, this team, the way they're playing, I think it, it really has to do with, you know, the the, the quadrant of of Jules, Bernard, Singleton, Hakez, <clears throat> Hakez and then also... Um, Juzang. And Juzang. Like, those four have to keep going. They have to, like, lean on each other, right? And then Clark comes in to support them. Um, in terms of just the intangibles, the hustling, the the closing out, you know, on a three-point shooter and altering his shot, um, hustling to the hoop and, and trying to get those loose balls. Like, everything we've been doing has worked for us, so let's just keep at it. The only – just the one thing I say is, like, let's try to get those big guys in foul trouble because I, I, I think that, that will be a big cushion for them. And I don't expect Michigan to shoot, you know, 11 from 25 from three. I think they'll be a little bit more sharper than that. They won't be off their game. Yeah, I I do see a little bit of um, – I, I, I was looking at kind of the, the previous game against USC as a some sort of proxy – to see how we would match up because I think they that Southern Cal has similar size to them, especially with the Mobleys in there. Um, and looking back at that game, I mean, obviously we know how it ended, but that was a game that we should have won and we were winning for large parts of. Um, and we were able to pretty successfully kind of f- fluster and limit the Mobley brothers to some degree like we didn't let them completely beat us up inside and I think we will need to do something similar to what we did against them is throw in guys like Nwuba throw in you know um, Mac Etienne throw keep you know Riley out of foul trouble because he can be an offensive you know weapon as we saw last night he really did come up big in some key minutes um I do feel like I need to apologize to him because I was tweeting that he was he was having a bad game and again it goes back to that grit he was having a terrible game and then all of a sudden just you know kind of broke out of that funk and kept going at it and was able to score key buckets but you know getting keeping him out of foul trouble keeping the throwing those other guys in there I think will help and I think 
you know, this might be a good time for Mick Cronin to try to throw a zone in there once in a while just to, to confuse them a little bit and try to try to limit them getting the ball inside to those big guys. I don't know if he'll do that, but he has shown zone in the past a few times. Um, but, you know, it's not a bad idea to just throw, uh, throw in some zone in there and mix up the, the defensive looks there. Um, and I think... I would love to see more Jalen Clark. You know, you know, I'm a huge Jalen Clark fan. He just he comes in and changes games, in my opinion, on the defensive end. And we're gonna need as much rebounding from this team as we possibly can. And he just has a nose for the ball, especially on the offensive class. Uh, yeah, it's I, it's a tall task, but it's not impossible. No, not at all. I mean, like I said this earlier, this team without livers, I think gives us a chance. I mean, ESPN has us at a 20% chance. I would have it closer to 45% um, if we're going to talk about percentages. Um, I do like the fact that we have a little bit more experience on our side. And, uh, like, their best player is Hunter Dickinson. And even though he is, he's been, you know, all American and, and whatnot, he still is a freshman. And with that is, is there going to, is it, are they going to be consistent? Because he had a great game against Florida LSU. He, he was solid and he's going to be key here, but if we can throw him off, I think we, you know, we very much have uh, a punter's punter's chance like at this. So I'm all for it. I'm excited. I always like playing UNC or Michigan or UVA, like the other academic uh, powerhouses outside of Pac-12, you know, um, and yeah, I, I, I hope that we show them, uh, you know, again, we're taking on another football school, even though they would argue that they're split, um, and I hope we show them that, you know, UCLA is here to stay, this is something sustainable, um, you know, and our players really believe, and Cronin is the coach, and yeah, I it, it's just, it's such a great run, I'm so happy for Cronin. Um, but it would be great to cap it off with, you know, three more games or even, I, I mean, everything from here is a bonus, but if we beat Michigan and we somehow get into the final four, I will owe Zed a jersey. So um, we made a bet <laughs> a little while ago, probably about two weeks, and he's going to win it because I wasn't expecting yeah. this. We, yeah, it's, um, yeah it, it's fun to have, it's fun to be able to look forward to these games in the tournament and, you know, have some pride and some joy with this program back. I mean, it was so miserable before, but now there's, there's a sense of like, you know, there's a sense of optimism now here again. And it's, it's fun. I will say that Michigan has three things that UCLA does not and in their favor. What's that? Um, so, we have we have three basically three lucky charms that are that are playing in our favor. Um, one is obviously brother brother geese. That's right, brother geese. We see you. Shout out to he's, you. He's uh, he's been powering us. Him and him and MJ's post game celebrations are are becoming legendary. Uh, and his power has over overpowered sister Jean somehow. It's a, it's, a miracle. Crazy. He took the baton that, and ran with it. I think the Catholic Church should investigate this as a true miracle. Yeah. <laughs> Personally. I love it. 
Um, also, um, his interview was great when he talked about this is the best week ever. He feels like he's in a movie. I mean, bring us yeah. along. I'll, I'll, I'll be an extra because I'm loving this. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, second, the second lucky charm we have is Hep Cronin, uh, Mick's dad, who That's is right. risking it all. He gets a lot of camera time as well, which is great to see. He gets a lot of camera time. He's always animated. He looks like he's having a great time, and he's been great luck for us ever since he's been in the stands, and we've been winning. So, um, And the, the last thing is, and Isaiah, you are familiar with this, but nobody else in the public probably knows this, is the, the, the um, stinky shirt Lucky Charm that, that, I've, that I have going. Oh, yeah. It still lives. How's it smell right now? Uh, not great, but I sweat a lot in that last, during that last game. Can you give the listeners like a somewhat of a description of if they were in front of it, what it would smell like? Like, yeah. So, so for, for context, the stinky shirt phenomenon, uh, started in the Michigan state game. I basically threw on one of my UCLA shirts, um, with a hoodie over it, a UCLA hoodie over it. And an old UCLA jersey that I have with a specific hat that I'd never worn before. It was one of the, like, uh, UCLA Century hat that I bought, like, two years ago or a year ago. never wore it. Still had the tags on it. So I decided to put that on because it had no bad juju. And since I have had that that combination on, we have been on this run. And so now this T-shirt that has been worn three or four games through a lot of stress sweating is, is uh, you know, not the, not the <laughs> most pleasant smelling thing, but I got to keep wearing it every game. I just, I can't, until we lose, it's, it's good luck, I think. So I'm not trying to throw off the, the juju. You can't, no. Wear that shirt, sleep with it, do whatever you need to do, and um, we will send... Megan a gift for dealing with it uh, later on. <laughs> it gets aired out between games, just for context. Okay, good. So. Let it breathe. But not washed. Can't, can't wash it. Yeah, I know Brother Geese has a, his, his Westbrook jersey that he puts to the side. He, like, sits it on a chair. And it's like, <laughs> he, it literally sits there with his pants. He doesn't touch it unless he goes to the game, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean... Look, Michigan is a good team, but they don't have these magic forces playing in their favor right now. So I'm just saying. Yeah, nothing over there. And the game's going to be tomorrow at a later time. So hopefully they won't have many people watching, sending energy. That'll just be us just sitting there on the, from the West Coast. Yeah. And those who stay up late enough. That's a good point. I mean, that tip-off is 10 p.m. their time. So... That that does play in our favor a little bit. Hopefully, we get a, some some sleepy guys coming in there, and we can uh, be a little bit more disruptive. There's also the fourth um, magic charm we have, and that's your predictions so far. Oh man, I'm just riding on these three charms, to be honest. But um, <laughs> I gotta I gotta see. You know, I have to I have to get an outlook of you know what's gonna happen tomorrow. I imagine Brother Geese is gonna be there. I imagine Hep, you know, Coach Hep is going to be there. Um, you know, I imagine you're going to stink. So everything's pointing towards another on W. That. But uh, I'll put a stamp on it tomorrow. All right. 
Um, yeah, so exciting times, exciting March Madness um, for UCLA. Uh, a couple of other random spring sports things. Um, you know, I think we have to call this out, but UCLA baseball smacked around uh, SC over the weekend. Um, they lost the first game in a sort of a tragic walk-off manner, um, since it was on the road, so they lost that, but then they, they beat them 4-1, 5-1, I think, on Saturday, and then smacked them in a 13 or 12-1 win yesterday, so always love to see us asserting, um, some dominance over them in baseball, um, fun to, fun to watch that. Uh, and then UCLA women's basketball just got a huge recruit for their 2023 class just today. Um, her name is Jada, and she is a point guard coming in uh, top five player in that 23 class. So, you know, excited for, for Coach Close to get more, um, more talent on that team. It'll be it'll be uh, good for that program. So excited for that. Yeah. So that, again, that means she's coming in in two years, but regardless, you know, in terms of the questions on Corey, you know, coach Corey close is that she's going to get it running. I, I don't, I'm not too concerned. I know she's building something bigger and she just has to take that extra step, but uh, recruits like this are, you know, big time. So I'm happy to see that. And happy for yeah, to I don't see her so, continue. Yeah. Her last you know, name is Williams, Jada Williams. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I'm happy to see her hit the trail right after and, and pick up a big recruit. Yeah, and I don't know if you've checked out her highlights, but she is good. She's smooth. Um, so excited to, to get that next big, um, big point guard recruit on, on our team in the next couple of years. And, you know, we've been... We've been lucky to have a lot of great guards coming in through the women's program over the past few years under Coach Close. And um, Jada Williams looks like she'll be continuing that tradition. Definitely. Um, and then another thing is, you know, Zed mentioned us beating SC, but, it, you know, if you listen to the show, you know that I do not like Stanford, and we beat them in women's water polo. So super exciting about that. Um, always love beating the trees and the Trojans. The two T's. <laughs> it it always is um, always is good to to see both of those teams lose. And I do want to say, you know, there's a lot of this back the pack thing going on, and this it's cool. I'm all for rooting for the Beavers, um, but I will refuse. I don't give a shit what anyone says. I will not root for the the Trojans. I won't do it. I hope they get crushed, absolutely run out of the gym by Gonzaga. I was a big Duck fan last night. Obviously, that didn't work out. But See, I'm on the other side for this one. Uh, it's conditional for me. and Meaning that if we beat Michigan, I want SC in the Final Four. Um, and I want revenge. So everything, again, is conditional. Um, I don't even know if they're going to get through the Zags, but still, I, I will root for them. I don't know, because their game is before us. I don't know how to feel about it. It's, it's I'm in a tricky spot. Let me sit on it. We'll get back to that. <laughs> I won't do it. I 
I hope Drew Timmy's mustache just dunks all over the Mobleys. I mean, yeah, they're going to have a good chance to win. That's all I want. Other than that, go Beavers. Tonight, today, a couple hours. Yeah, um, yeah, in a few hours they play. Um, hopefully Ethan Thompson, who, again, I've praised on this. And, you know, I actually I was wondering where what happened to him. Because I, I remember him at Bishop Montgomery, and he should have been an Alfred recruit, but we know how that goes. But excited to see him on, what, an eight-game win streak? Went from almost a missed free throw to sitting at home to now, you know, 40 minutes away from the Final Four. And, yeah, there's just some cool stories. Like, I think between UCLA and Oregon State, we've shown that the Pac-12 can play, you know, and and we have some, some players. And Oregon as well. If Oregon was on another side, I'm sure they would maybe be in the conversation. But they're not. So here we go. Yeah. No, it's it's – I, that is a good thing you point out about Alfred recruits. It is kind of, in in some ways, a little bittersweet looking back on some of that talent that we had over the last few years, pre-Cronin. You know, like you know the Lonzo Ball season. If we had that kind of talent right now with Cronin, Cronin's coaching, like what could have been um, a lot of what ifs. And even on the recruiting trail, you mentioned Ethan Thompson, one guy that was. Uh, a killer last night against us was Javon Quinterly, who, you know, we should have tried to land and we, we just failed to. He was a big-time recruit, really interested in us at the time, and we, we couldn't close the deal. Um, and so, yeah, there is there is some looking back at, at some of those dark times um, and kind of thinking about what if we had that kind of talent right now with this coaching and I will say we will have that kind of talent, I think, in the next couple of years. Um, but all good things right now for, for basketball. Very good things. And, yeah, I think on that note, we're going to sign off and just get ready for tomorrow's game. Watch some basketball tonight. And, uh, yeah, uh, follow us on the Bruins Source. And other than that, I'm ready to sign off. Zed, do you have anything else? Nope, that's it. Go Bruins. Beat beat Michigan tomorrow. Let's Go Bruins. It. Beat Blue. <laughs>